Hi, Tracy. <laughs> Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Turns Out She's Psychic. We thought we could have a chat about common misconceptions that lots of people have of psychic mediums, what it's like from my side, what it's like from Tracy's side. But before that, we have a little quick edit from the last episode because I said I would get back to reminding Tracy to talk about repetitive numbers when we were talking about signs and symbols of our loved ones in spirit. So can you talk about that a little bit to begin with? Sure. Pleasey, please. So obviously each number in numerology or just when thinking about numbers, each number has its own energy I guess behind it or frequency Mm -hmm. or intention behind it symbolism symbolism yeah it's a good word uh and so when there is a a running numbers or uh, sequential numbers then obviously that brings our attention to that number and we feel as if that if our attention is drawn to it especially um repeatedly throughout a day maybe like you might see 11, 11 in the morning, you might see 1, 11 in the afternoon, and then you might see 11, 11 at night again. Yes. Uh, and you just will think, wow, I've seen that. Or every day, every time I've looked at the clock, it said 3.33, and I've yes. done it for like four days in a row. And quite often it is, uh, there's a few things happening. Oh, One, okay. A few things. A few things. Great. One, it can literally be uh, a habit that occurs that is like a neural and and physiological habit that you develop that you don't really notice that you've developed so for example if you finish work at 3 30 in the afternoon yes time will sort of say that you do what you need to do to walk out the door and of course when you look at your phone for the first time that day it'll say 3 33 and the chances of that happening are far more likely If it is something that you do out of habit and routine. So sometimes it means nothing except you're very (laughs) punctual and pretty predictable. (laughs) That would mean you're a creature of habit. (laughs) That's insightful. (laughs) Um, That's not what we're here for. Okay, we got that one. So you've got to rule that out We can get our head around that. You've got to rule it out. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Because it's like just saying, yeah, I'm just going to set my alarm every day for 5.55 in the morning and then every morning count the fact that you see 5.55 as a sign. As a sign. You set your alarm 5.55, so of course you saw 5.55. Gotcha. Yeah. Debunked. Debunked that one. So then um, the most common one is 11.11. Yes, that's a good one. It is a good one. That's a bad word probably, but yeah, what does it mean? So it is usually a sign of... Uh, confirmation, validation, or at least that you've been seen. Right. So when we see running numbers of ones, even in phone numbers or in, um, in books that we read, whatever it is that we see, like on likes on your Instagram or social media or whatever it is, whenever we see the ones, it, what we need to understand is that it's a sign from usually your guides, not from your loved ones. Yep. Spirit guides. Yes, from your guides. And it is to tell you we see you keep going. Like we we want to engage with you. And they are probably engaging with you in so many other ways. You're Mm. just fixated on the number thing. So it's like an acknowledgement. We see you doing your work or we know that you're really... 
that you're open, yeah. that, that yeah. you're ready to, okay. to, to see us and play yeah. with this. And yeah. the other thing too is that the 11-11 thing, the time 11-11, if you can think about it, can you imagine if everyone that is in the same time zone as you was to look at 11-11, like more often than not, say there would be, I don't know, 40% of the population at 11-11 would notice that it was 11-11. Just as an example. Yes. Can you imagine what that does universally if everyone at 11.11 goes, oh, it's a sign, I've seen 11.11. <laughs> Can you imagine what that does for the collective as a vibration to raise it? Yeah. If everyone just goes, oh. Has a moment of pause and yeah. wonderment. Yes. So there are many times throughout our clock day, yes. our 24-hour day, where we have the opportunity to experience that in sync with other humans at the same time which is going to raise vibrations sure yeah so there is that so there is like this this seemingly universal and spiritual uh underlying tone that comes with the time on the clock when we see that occurrence happen frequently yeah and it's not a bad thing to subscribe to to see those times and take a second of like ooh. Yep. Like, that's cool. Like, who does it hurt? It doesn't. It makes everything better. There's no harm there. Yeah. Uh, the number four is, uh, in repetition, is usually uh, our angels. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so it's angelic energy and it's very soft and nurturing. So it might mean that if you're going through things where you need to be a bit sensitive and a bit soft and maybe approach things a bit softly or sensitively um, and be a little bit more kind, then the angels may speak to you through the number four and Mm, yeah. And repetitive fours. Uh, number five is typically change. Okay. So, um, when we see repetition of five, know that that's the universe letting us know that our spirits guides, letting us know that we either need change are prompting us to change or that change is coming. So it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a push, but it's also a bit of a warning, uh, just to prepare ourselves for whatever that change may be. Uh, eights is balance. So whenever we see repetitive eights around um, or double eight, uh, it is balancing. So it's either you're out of balance and you need to come into balance or that the universe is saying what is needed to restore this is balance okay. or that you are in balance. It really just depends. On your circumstance. Yeah. So the best thing to do is to look at the numbers yourself yeah. and work out which ones um which ones you see the most and learn about those as they come because they're a little bit like crystals, like they, they will come and go as they please. They're a little bit like a kookaburra is usually a significance of change but also to remind you to laugh through the change, like that the change oh, you nice. need to, yeah, yeah, you need to remember your humour while you transition through this change. So if you're seeing fives and all of a sudden freaking kookaburra is everywhere, then you better know that there's some change coming. There might be a kookaburra try and fly into your leg. Like that happened to me. <laughs> that happened. Because shit happened like that happens you. to me. <laughs> Actually, how often does a kookaburra fly into someone's leg? Once in 39 years, apparently. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> And you were wearing jeans or something, weren't you? But you actually had a mark on your calf from where it got you. No, that mark on my calf was from something different. It got me oh, in the it? thigh. Yeah, oh, I remember. Okay. Yeah, it got me in the thigh. Um, yeah, I was wearing jeans. Was I wearing jeans? I can't remember. But it got me in the thigh. It just they have me. sharp beaks. It, it was fucking sharp. It, yeah, it would have done so much more damage. Well, it if cut you the were. skin. Yep, yeah, through pants. Though. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, wow. Yeah. And I'm like, ugh, rabies. Did you laugh through that? Fuck no. <laughs> I, I screamed in the valley. Like it would have like traveled through North Avoca and potentially down to Avoca and up to Terrigal. And people would have gone, what was that? That was Tracy screaming like a little baby girl. Because the kookaburra just <sighs> flew. A kookaburra looking at me makes me scream leg. inside. Like let really? alone a freaking kookaburra flying at me into I think my leg. Beautiful, they're beautiful birds, and they did sit badass the way they just grab a snake and smash it to death. On they a are branch. like they're absolutely ruthless. they're badass birds, but they're intimidating. Yeah, well, their sound is, but they're pretty. They're beautiful. Yeah. They're gorgeous. Great. So, and then after yeah. that, I walk into the $2 shop and I felt someone looking at me. It was I felt something looking at me and on me and it was like eyes were on me and I turned around and there was this huge big off, <laughs> fuck off statue of a kookaburra just standing there for sale. It was just looking at me and I'm just like, <laughs> oh, get me out of here. I wish it was a real one so it could have laughed at you. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> so funny. Was that later that day? I think it was the next day, oh. but I remember just going, this is ridiculous. Like, please. That's hilarious. Being That's crazy. haunted. It's like, okay, I get it. I need to make a change. There I is get change. It. Okay, coming. I get it. <laughs> Promise you, you don't have to yell at me this much to change. Yep. I love it. Yeah. That's so a strong message there. Yeah. <laughs> so look into the numbers, look into what yes. they mean because they are quite useful and you can be guided by them and trust them. Can we Google them? Just, yes. You know, you, Google the number and numerology or meaning. or And an abundance of information yes. will come up. No doubt. I might have Googled them. Maybe I was asking, can we do it? And I was expecting to have one of those spaces that you do it. Maybe you're like, yes, you can. <laughs> I've just got a that smiley face. face. That's nice. <laughs> Not the why would you ask that kind of thing? But I don't care. I ask whatever I want. Mm-hmm. You do. It's your <laughs> podcast. You get to ask the questions. <laughs> Drunk with power. Um, well, I hope that was informative for all the listeners. I know I got lots from that, so that was cool. Well, it's a very obvious one, so we had to make sure that we did talk about that. Yes. Sorry I didn't get to it last so time. should be. I know. Well, we just go off on so many tangents. Terrible host. You <laughs> need to learn how to rein me in and keep me focused. <laughs> I don't think anyone, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> yeah, you do pretty well. If I had a better memory, then I would get around to it. But then I get distracted by all the other things that, that we I want talk to talk about. about. I know. It's I'm cool. Sorry. Well, that's half the fun. <laughs> I don't think anyone minds. They're all nice not. people out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the next subject I want to talk about is common misconceptions that we might have of psychic mediums and there's lots and Goody. they come hand in hand with the stereotypes that I'm sure we're all familiar with and images we might conjure in our mind when we think of what would a psychic medium even look like. Sound like. Where, what they, what, what their lifestyle's like, um who can be one yeah who is one who can be who's allowed to be one <laughs> well i have a secret role 
But a lot of people uh, have the abilities and sometimes it is basically a fear of what other people might view them as if they actually even talked about it. Fuck yes. That's why I didn't do it. Yeah. That's why only my some of my childhood friends and my husband and my family, but my family to like a a minuscule um, capacity would have known. Yep. Because as, yeah, because I didn't I didn't fit into the stereotypes, and that felt a little bit like I wouldn't be taken seriously, and it was a bit of a rock and a hard place because is my validity uh, brought by how I choose to present as a whole, or is my valid- validity brought by my abilities so like without subscribing to the misconceptions and the stereotypes around psychic mediums does that mean I'm not a good psychic medium yeah am I not authentic am I not good at what I do am I just trying to be one yeah because I don't subscribe to 99% of that stuff yeah you don't have to, do you? You don't. But it is a huge hurdle to get over because you have to really embrace the concept and the courage to let go of what people think of you. That judgment. Yeah. You really have to not give one toss. Yeah. Because that's, that's huge. That is. It's yeah. very difficult to do. Yeah. And I don't think I would have done it unless spirit told me to do it, honestly. I don't mm. think I could have unless spirit basically pushed me and forced me to do it. Because you talk about, I've heard you refer to um, acknowledging that you are one and then labelling it as coming out of the psychic closet, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> so there is that fear of judgment and how, you know, you see it as something that you have to announce, whereas really no one needs to announce Jack to anyone ever. Exactly. You know, so. You're just freaking closets. Being yourself. I'll go in and out of my fucking closet whenever I want to. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you guys. Wearing whatever I damn well please. Yep. As long as you're not hurting anyone, as long as anyone's not hurting anyone, then that's all that matters. Mm. It's difficult too, though, because it is something that many people that I have worked with over the years um, that are in the closet, Yes. a lot of the time it comes down to, well, my family's going to laugh at me. Yes. My friends are going to think I've lost the plot, but this is who I am, but they've never seen it. So they're going to think I've literally just lost it. Yeah. And so it's hard to, it's like. um, That's huge. Well, it's like when I actually came to terms with the fact that I was an alcoholic and addicted to painkillers. I had to own the fact that my my labelling of those things was affecting how I was presenting myself to people and that was giving them the idea of how I wanted them to think of me. Mm. Like I was constructing and um, really kind of curating a version of me that I felt safe to be judged by. But then if I turn around and say out loud to my parents, hey, I was an alcoholic and I was addicted to painkillers and you guys never knew 
you know, an alcoholic addicted to painkillers. Mm. How would you know? Very good at hiding it. People that are in closets are very good at hiding the fact that they're in a closet. That's where the effort goes. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, there is a huge part that prevents people from embracing their abilities, their um, their higher self, their intuition, their guidance. There's a big part of, of uh, I guess, stereotypes and misconceptions is a lot to blame for how people... Yeah. Is it mindset too, like limiting beliefs as well? Like you feel as though you can't... Like if you were to fully acknowledge things, then then what? Like what what would that mean then? Whereas that, once you um, jump over that hurdle, that's where the learning and the growing and the gifts truly begin. For sure. But you don't know that until you're on the other side. Yeah, because then there's no going that. back. Yeah. It's the point of no return essentially. Yeah. Because it is a grand gesture. So what I mean by that is it's a, it's like a, it's a thing that we do as a human that the universe can see that we've done that tells it that we are moving towards it. Yeah. And so by coming out of the closet, when it comes to... So to speak. (laughs) When it comes to this... Yes. The metaphysical side of things, then the universe sees that as a grand gesture to say, wow, she's jumped over onto our ship and she wants to play. Yeah. So then it bombards you. Right. And you've got to be ready to watch your life change because... Friends, like one of the misconceptions is that I remember friends used to say to me, oh, I'm too scared to hang out with you when I've had a few bit, like a, a few to drink because, and I don't know, I know why it was a few to drink because they felt like it would make them more vulnerable and more transparent, I think. Um, but it's like, I don't want to be with you because I'm scared you're going to know all of my deepest, darkest truths and my oh, secrets and right. I couldn't do that. And like, they would just say that sort of tongue in cheek, but at the yes. same time I knew that this was truth it. in their, in their comments, yeah. you know, there's always a bit of truth. Yeah. Uh, and so that just made me feel super awkward and it made me feel really misunderstood about who I am and what I do. And that's why my morals and my integrity are yep. top priority yep. Yep. Uh, because I never want anyone to think that. Yeah. That's not how it works. It's not how it works. No. It can work like that. Sure. But most of us, most of us, and I can't speak for everyone, but most of us have an awareness of how we, how we are supposed to use the, the more advanced abilities that we have. That's yeah. all it is. Like everyone's like me. They're just at certain levels of development. Well, that's just like... You know, if I went to a really good friend's house and they were in the shower and the toilet or somewhere and their diary was right there, would I pick it up and read it? No. Mm, exactly. So, I don't know. It's trust. Yeah, of course. But but that's a misconception in terms of that I can read your mind oh. or that, yep. that I just know everything. You can rifle through it or all of a sudden you've got to gain access entry to everything i don't know everything i don't want to know everything like do i have the brain space and capacity (laughs) to do that no no yep yep and the personal gain misconception like you know if you're a psychic why haven't you won the lottery or Mm. all of that sort of stuff tell me about that so why haven't you won the lottery (laughs) (laughs) because it comes down to intention yes so when we use our abilities uh, to manifest or to create reality um, in the future, then if our intention is that only we benefit 
and it's not for our highest good and it's yeah. ego driven, then we have to be prepared for the law of cause and effect to come into play. Yes. So if the cause that I'm putting out there is that my intention is an ego selfish one, then I have to be prepared. I'm probably going to get what it is that I want. Like, let's face it, I can do that if I want to. Everyone can. But I've got to be prepared for the fact that I put out a negative and I'm going to get a negative. And because it's an abuse of my power, so to speak, uh, yeah. it will come back intensified. Ooh. It's like a karma slap. Yeah. It's like the universe going, you know better than that. Sit down and shut the fuck up and don't do it again. <laughs> Has that happened on a small scale ever? Uh, mm, I sometimes, back in the day, I used to say, like, for me, the universe would, if I had done something that was not ill intent, but maybe just been a little bit of a bitch, I will usually yep. kick my toe oh. or, like, hit my elbow or my yep. shoulder on a wall or a door or something. And it's just, like, it's something so kind of... <laughs> Like, I don't know why I'm laughing. It just sounds so funny. Like, so, so you're a bitch and then you turn around and... And kick my toe. It's just like, okay, fuck you, karma. Like, <laughs> that's, that's kind of as bad as it gets for me because I've been like this my whole life and yep. I think one of the first things that I learned was it comes back in threes. Like, didn't you watch The Craft, oh. the movie? <laughs> like, it's just... Is that for real? Well, it's a, it's a, <laughs> or is that a common misconception? It's a common misconception that it comes back in threes. <laughs> okay. It's a very witchy thing, yep. but it does come back and yep. it does come back in more of a ferocity, like more ferociously. And it becomes, it comes back with more intensity and amplified. So you make sure, you know, you just got slapped. Wow. So you don't miss it. No, <laughs> you just don't miss it. And it's a huge risk. Like I could win the lottery if I wanted to. Like really? you come to the races could, with me. You, could... you come for a date, the races with me. Oh, wow. Um, I can make that happen, but guarantee you I will walk out of that gate or I'll walk out of that news agency with my winning ticket or my win for the day and touch wood, I'll have a car accident that is my <laughs> fault that I'll have to lose all that money You'll to lose the excess. It all. Mm. Because it shouldn't have been yours in the first place. Yes. Mm, gotcha. And what else? Common misconception wise, have you been surprised that people would think that you would know and you don't, you just don't, it just doesn't work like that? That's a really good question because I do have these things all the time. There would be loads. Yeah, I have them all the time where I'm just like, I'm a psychic medium, not like I don't. Okay, well, one of them is that I don't know everything. That there, that there is I could have to told know, you that. <laughs> that there is to know about spirituality. Oh, I got you. Yep, yep. Like I remember we were talking about how in the very beginning we talked about spirituality and being a psychic medium and how do they yes. go hand in hand. Yes. And people will ask me, you know, what do you think of, I don't know, um, what do you think of um, astrology? And, yes. and can you tell me what, what these two star signs mean together? And yep. I'm not an astrologist. Yes. I know as much about astrology as you do. Like yep. I know about me being a Gemini yes. and I know that Matt's a Scorpio and that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> and I know that two of my children are Aries and that most of my best friends were Aries growing up, that wow. I have a bit of an affinity with Aries. And I know mm -hmm. that Alaska's a Leo and that's just going to be fun. Yep. You know, like I know about as much as everybody else. So just because I'm a psychic medium, it doesn't mean I know all there is to know about astrology and Reiki and 
tarot, tarot card like, reading. Exactly. Yep. Like we, we aren't all one and the same. No. There are specialties, which is why I am a psychic medium, not the rest of those things. Gotcha. And there are some people who want to be a jack of all trades and want to do all that and can. And yep. I probably could too if I could be asked. It's just what where you choose to put your focus and exactly. what interests you and yep. what's your passion behind. It's like being a a doctor. Or a nurse. Or a nurse. Yep. And, yeah, well, but, anything really, but well, yeah. But like a doctor who specialises in plastic surgery yep. might not, if you ask him, hey, why have I got this weird-ass purple bruise on my thigh? He's yep. going to go, I don't know, go and see your GP. Like <laughs> he might have an awareness, but, you know, like he, it's not his specialty to know those things. Yep, yep. And just because he's a doctor doesn't yep. mean he knows all of the things that there are to know about being a doctor. And it's the same being a psychic medium. I don't know all the it's things all about the spirituality. There's subspecialties and subinterests. And yeah. And like with ancestral trauma and... Um, Past lives, Ooh, like yes, see, past a lot lives. of people yep. ask about past lives. Mm. I'm really not that up on it. It's just not your thing. It's not my thing. You can't have everything. No. <laughs> Damn it. Um, I, I have enough. Yeah. You're right. I have enough. Yeah. Yep. And maybe I just haven't reached that part where me going down that route and wanting to embrace it and make it a part of what I can do for other people just hasn't occurred yet because I'm a really firm believer. And this is just me that I have to have gone through what I teach and I have to have gone through all of my ancestral trauma and understood that and walked that if I want to be able to know that I can trust myself to hold space for someone else to go through that. Gotcha. So I know enough about it to yeah. hold my own, but I don't know enough about it to be confident to sit here and have an ancestral trauma session. Yeah. I can absolutely mark the dots and see the dots and connect them and point people in the right direction, but I'm not a one-stop shop. No. Well, I don't know. You're you're a one-stop shop for lots of things, but then there's lots of things. I mean, you know, in the realm of this whole world, we can't expect any one person to have all the answers really, can we? So I like that. That's a great explanation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I guess also like uh, people will say like you don't look like a psychic medium. It's like, well, what the yes. fuck does a psychic medium look like? Well, for starters, <laughs> oh no, it might sound nasty to other psychic mediums, but you have really nice hair. Like it's not... <laughs> <laughs> It's so random. What? Please explain. I don't get it. Well, I think my (laughs) hair looks more psychic medium than your hair. Like my hair is long and frizzy and real, real crazy. And yours is just like perfect all the time. What the fuck? I know. I know. You're welcome. Random. Well, it's funny because if I didn't colour my hair... And straighten it. My hair Every would day. be <laughs> my hair would be fully grey because I'm like eighty five percent grey. The hairdresser told me last time. Thanks, Tamara. Eighty five percent grey, and my hair is you're good for business. Curly, yeah, curly and frizzy and dry and awful. So if I was actually you never mm. let it, you never, yeah, you I don't. would. Hello. How? Um, and me, the person sitting right across from you. 
Who, if your hair was as grey as mine is, there's no freaking way you would let that happen. Oh, but yeah. I reckon I could probably fit the profile of what you have in your head but if you I was don't. a la natural. Yeah, but you don't. That's my point. You but don't. No, I do have some sense of, you know, wanting to feel nice about myself and like what I see in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. That was just, it was one of my nice common <laughs> stereotypes that, you know, I have long frizzy hair and, you know, don't care. Bit, just there. Yeah. A little bit natural and just, yeah. I, I'm, I'm more than Fresh what I look like. Fresh from the forest. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of them. Um, another one is wearing lots of beads and crystals and, you know, rings on every finger and... All of that, that's not you. You're very minimalist. Here I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. And and you explain that when you're when you talk about your use of crystals as a as a tool, not a decoration. So that was a misconception mm. I thought was or a stereotype, really. If you know about crystals, yeah. you know not to use them as decoration. Yeah. They're very tool-like, but they are very pretty too. They're beautiful. Yeah. They're yeah. beautiful. So it's interesting, you know, just like you use them, they're a tool for you. Mm. Not a decoration, except they're, well, they're still a tool in this room, in my spirit room, but they're also a decoration because well, some they, of them are vibrating mold, so low, yeah. they're not really doing anything, they're just pretty. Yeah. But some of them are strategic. Yeah. In the energy in the room, it's mm. how I create it. They help See? me do that. Yeah. Tools. But to me to look at. Mm. I've never seen you wear tie-dye, but you could. I think you'd look great in tie-dye. I've, ne- I've just not seen you wear it. Tie-dye doesn't mean I'm a psychic medium. No, we're talking about stereotypes. Exactly. So I'm saying and this yeah. is that stereotype, like, fuck off, Alaska wears tie-dye. Hello, every kid in year four, five and six at a primary school wears tie-dye and is obsessed with it. Yep. Does that mean they're psychic mediums? No. <laughs> <laughs> When you're, you know, there are psychic mediums out there who don't subscribe to spirituality. Yeah, we've discussed that before. Yeah. The ones who do that have walked their spiritual path or are walking their spiritual path and journeying and evolving and growing and learning will recognize that none of that has anything to do with who you are. Yes. None of it. It's just costuming. It's just costume. Mm. And I am very simple in terms of how, how I dress and, like, I don't stand out in a crowd. I don't wear things to put me separate to other people. Why should I? Mm. Why do I need my outfit to be special to say I'm different to you? Mm. And I am who I am at work. I'm not stepping into a character. Mm. People come to see me to experience my abilities as a psychic medium, so I'm going to be me. Makes perfect sense. I feel as though I had loads of questions. One of the other things that I get asked randomly but often enough to talk about it is... Why don't you ask the people that you speak to in spirit where they are and, and what happens 
It's like, well, I do. And I've told you. Did you expect it to be something more than? Different. Mm. So like people's expectations of what happens when we cross over and the the misconception that we don't understand what happens because I do understand. I know exactly what it's like for them over there. But I can't just have a conversation with them either. Like I can't just sit here and go, so how's your day today? <laughs> what are you doing right here, right now? Because I know what they're doing right here, right now. Yeah. That's a redundant question. Yeah. Like it just, it doesn't, we can't speak to them like we do when we speak to each other. Yeah. And they're not my people. So they, they talk to you. Yeah, they can. They, they do. Yeah. And uh, you ask some questions with relevance, maybe for a validation if you've got someone here and they're <clears throat> saying the the person in front of you is wanting to connect and they're asking you a, a specific question. So then you're relaying that question. Yeah, we're having a conversation. Yeah, but you're not just sort of chatting about the weather, yeah. so to speak. And at the same time, when our loved ones die, when we die, we go to a space where just because we're in that space, it doesn't mean they know everything from that space either. Yeah, exactly. They don't yeah, have all yeah. of the answers. No, they, they know more. They know a ton more <clears throat> than what we they're do. They're more enlightened, would you say? They're aware, the their conscious awareness okay. is wider. Yep. Sure. Um, but they don't have all of the answers either. They don't know the hows and the whys of the yep. universe. They don't know yep. what's going to happen with um, the end of the world and COVID. The apocalypse and COVID. <laughs> they don't know. No. Because they're not coming from a realm where they're aware of that. So I, I, we can't have all of the answers well, and we're not, not going to know that. to know because anything can, you know, change. Mm, absolutely. Cool. Um, what was another thing I thought of? Matt's going to have fun editing all this shit out. I know, kind of just want to keep it light and fun rather than... Yeah. What about um, music or food or... Um... Like what music are you into? Well, like what's, what are some of <clears> the <throat> stereotypes of the music that a psychic medium would listen to? <laughs> I don't know. Would you think that a psychic medium's favourite genre of music would be hardcore rock? <laughs> no, that's mine. Yeah. What about lifestyle choices of the psychic medium? Do you do yoga every day and do you eat a um, strictly vegetarian diet? <laughs> no and no. No chemicals? <laughs> no and no. I, I get the value in, in that. Mm. but And I can see the link. Yes. But you don't? No. Why would I? Do you like yoga? I do not like yoga. I like yoga. I know you do. You like Pilates. Yep. That's good for you. It's very good for you. You should do it. I like Kundalini yoga. I'm up for that. Is that chanting? Mantras. Uh -huh. Yep. Okay. Um, I really like that. It just it just resonates with me. Right. Um, <clears throat> 
But I think that that misconception is around, um, it's like meditation as well. You may as well throw that in there as well. Meditate every day and it sort of goes hand in hand with that. You kind of do meditate. Well, I do. Yeah. But. There's meditating, there's meditating. And yoga is is usually a, there's two types of yoga people really. There's ones who do it with spirituality aligned and there's ones who don't. Yep. Um, and then there's people in between, I guess. There's probably lots of types, but you could probably make those two categories yes. standard. Could be a spectrum, the yoga sure. spectrum. But most people who, with yoga spirituality, it, it's like the flavor of spirituality that they have. Yes. It's just a flavor. And that's not my flavor. Yes. I don't go, I don't sort of subscribe to the... Um, the Hindu type of things, the, you know, the Indian, yeah, I, I really enjoy it and I love learning about it and I watch lo- lots of documentaries and, and, you know, understand it as much as I need to, but it just doesn't pique my, my, it doesn't hold my interest. It it's not your thing. Mm, it just doesn't hold me. It doesn't captivate me. Yeah. Um, and so yoga, if I was going to do it, I would have to, be very connected to the spiritual side of it, which I am not. Gotcha. I'm not even actually really connected to meditation. I do meditation because I have to. Yes. Sometimes I want to, but I most of the time I'm doing it because I need to. I need to do it for my job. And... Most of the time when I'm working, like, you know, most days I'll see three clients in a day. And um, I am almost in a meditative state the entire time. Yeah. I meditate for half an hour before every beginning of the day and then I won't meditate again unless I want to. But I've pretty much been in, in a sort of meditative state because I'm checking out quite a bit. Yep. And so I don't feel that I have anything that I need to meditate about about because I'm always in the present moment. I, I don't need meditation to help me understand to sit in the present moment because I now am always trying and consciously, intentionally, deliberately in my present moment. You're there. Yeah. Gotcha. I don't need meditation to make that happen. So meditation, if I'm being really transparent and honest is not something that I do like Matt does, for example, my husband. Yep. Twice a day, every day. Well, we all have different needs associated with it. Again, yeah. Yep. That's it. And it's just not mine. And it's and it doesn't need to be just because I'm a psychic medium. That's great. Um eat vegan, did you say? Uh Probably vegetarian, mm. vegan, all natural, all organic. Yeah. No chemicals. So I am not um, really disciplined with any of that. However, food vibrates. Yes. I li- I eat most of the time intuitively. So I eat via what my vibration is doing and how to almost balance, raise, lower, alter manipulate my vibration and food is a source to do that so I don't eat meat and I haven't I think since I was like 11 or 12 red meat red meat yeah um 
I eat Why? fish. Why? Uh, well, back then, <laughs> so here's a fun fact about Tracy. Tracy oh. has a tongue tie. <clears throat> and so my jaw has formed in a certain way to... Um, be able to move. <clears throat> yeah, to be able to... Um, what's the word? Um, compensate for that lack of movement or whatever it affords me to do. And so when I was younger and I used to have meat on the plate um, and it started off with steak, T-bones, those kinds of things. chewy cuts. I couldn't chew it. Like it hurt to chew. And then I couldn't swallow it because it wasn't ready to be swallowed yet. Um, And then what I started to do was just become really heightened to what I was eating. And it made me think about it a lot more and it was just – it just, I didn't like it. I started to associate the, the, the flavor and the taste and the smell of it with this experience that would cause me pain. And I think I pretty much just created a neural pathway of sorts that just said meat equals not a very nice experience. Just unpleasant. Yeah. Okay. So that was the initial intention behind yes. it. Nothing to and do with animals. Yep. And I will say that. All the time. My choice has nothing to do with animal cruelty. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that I am pro animal no, no, cruelty. No. It's or just any your of that. reasoning. My reasoning yep. and how it began. And I've just yes. never been able to eat it since. Gotcha. Although when I was pregnant, I craved it and I did eat some. Well, I think all bets are off when you're pregnant. There's loads oh. of things going on that we are just slaves to. All I wanted was a sausage roll and processed ham. Gross. I know. That's all I wanted when I was pregnant with my first. <laughs> I remember coming, I was, I was living with my mum and dad and I was pregnant and I got home from work and Matt walked in the door and I'm stand and he walked in the door at the same time as mum and dad and I'm standing at their kitchen bench and I've got three packets of those like processed ham packets, you know, the. Oh yeah. The peel back. Yeah. The peel yeah. backs. Yeah. I've got three of those open. Two of them are empty and I've literally <laughs> got ham just oh. hanging out my mouth. <laughs> And I'm just looking at them like, what? <laughs> looking at me going, are you okay? Like, because I haven't eaten ham in about 12 years. Like, are you sure you're okay? <laughs> I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> just pregnant. Yeah, just pregnant. I That's don't know what's what going mean. on. I couldn't control it. It's the baby, not me. All bets are off when you're growing a human inside your body. Yeah. Um, also organic, you know. Yep. Uh, I understand the benefits and yeah, the, I'm sure all we all of that. Do. Yeah. And I love all of that. But at the same time, it's an affordability thing a lot of yeah. the time. It is an availability thing a lot of the time. Practicalities. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so I will buy organic where I can yep. or where it's available to do, which yep. these days it's getting much easier to do that. True. Uh, but it's not something that I'm strict with or only adhere to. Yep. Um, and I also, um, and I know I'm probably going to get crucified for this, but not here. You won't. I hate cleaning. Chemicals make cleaning <laughs> so much easier. <laughs> oh. But I kind of have changed that over the last year or so because I found a product that is uh, no chemicals yeah. that freaking works. Like it is like gold. I'm like, how can I buy shares in this company? <laughs> uh, so that has changed everything because now the product that does what I want it to do, yep. it does it for me. Oh, that's easy. We could hire a cleaner. I did hire a cleaner, but COVID says I can't have one now. Oh. So yeah, all yep. those things, you know what? I'm not that, I'm 
just not a perfect person. You're just a regular gal. I am. <laughs> sorry. Don't be sorry. They're just they're just some interesting misconceptions and stereotypes that sometimes without realizing it we might hold in our minds and it's interesting to get your take on it. Yeah, that's all. Cuz just because I can speak to people who have died, <clears throat> I am a saint and a perfect person. <laughs> <laughs> If only people. Goodness if me, the only. pressure. The pressure. <laughs> it's all right. You won't get pressured here. Good. You're in a safe space, Tracy. Aww. Just to be yourself. I know. I'm in my spirit room. <laughs> <laughs> we are. It's so cool. Ghost story time. This Yay. one today comes from Hannah. Thanks, Hannah. Thank you, Hannah. Okay. Hi, ladies. I have a story to share and some photos I would love for Tracy to get her eyeballs on. Are your eyeballs <laughs> ready? <laughs> My eyeballs. Tracy's eyeballs are on. <laughs> it's a bit erotic. Tracy's eyeballs. I don't know. Eyeballs don't do it for me, but you know, whatever floats you back, Trace. <laughs> I'm going to just keep going. Shut her up. It started innocently enough with my boyfriend booking us a surprise remote Airbnb stay for a romantic weekend getaway. Okay, stop there. Love Hannah's boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> True story. True story. Okay. All was well and good until we pulled up to the gorgeous but creepy old Victorian mansion. Oh, this sounds so good. I had a strange feeling before we even got out of the car, which only grew stronger as we entered the house. I tucked it away, figuring it's not so out of the ordinary for a 200-year-old house to have some spirits and or stale energy lingering around. Mm-hmm. That's insightful. Mm. It wasn't until the next morning and after a little sleuthing that we discovered, unbeknownst to us, that my boyfriend had booked our stay in one of the most haunted houses in our state. Bum, bum. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> my boyfriend doesn't believe in spirit, but I definitely do, and I definitely felt some strangeness in and around the house. We talked it over, and though I was a little scared, my curiosity and fascination with the place overruled. It was a gorgeous house and property, after all. Why not make the best of it? We decided to stay. I used every protection, ritual, and strategy (laughs) I know of. I prayed. Bathed myself in a bubble of light and spoke out loud to any spirits that might be around, stating firmly that they were not interested in inter- that we were not interested in interacting, and that way we did not want to hear, see, or communicate with them. I carried black tourmaline with me everywhere and clapped so loud my hands hurt any time I felt bad vibes or an energy <laughs> shift, etc. I love Hannah. I love Hannah. Her little, like, she's done all of the checklists. It's just like, okay, what to do when going to a haunted house to stay for the weekend with my boyfriend? 101. 101. I like it, but she's on it. That's, that's I love it. it. Nothing bad happened thanks to her rituals. <laughs> of course. But it was definitely creepy. I don't know how else to describe it other than certain parts of the property would give me an overwhelming sense of dread and a tense, nauseous feeling in my stomach. 
Tracy's nodding away for those <laughs> listeners. You'll have your turn. I know. Okay, I'm great. Just sitting here okay, on my hand. Okay, okay. It turned out to be a really fun bonding experience for us. <laughs> no, my boyfriend still denies he's a believer, despite admitting certain parts of the house, pieces of furniture creeped him out. I watched him literally jump out of a rocking chair in the photos, saying, Nope. But I digress. <laughs> I'm now a bit paranoid about the possibility of us having brought something back with us. This is a common theme. Hoping Tracy can tell me we're in the clear and perhaps take a look at a few of the photos we snapped and let me know if there's anything to be seen. Attached are a photo of the house, photo and video of what looks to me to be an apparition that formed over a fire we built in the backyard one of me in the backyard with the house in the background and one of the creepy room with the nope chair as well as the creepy staircase adjacent to it. Anxious to hear what you have to say. Love, love, love the podcast, Hannah. We love, 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 love you, Hannah. Oh, and we're sorry Thank we kept you. you waiting to get we back did. to you. We had, we've had this for a wee while. and We it, have. We, um... We've been saving it for a special occasion. We have. Um, and that is now. Um, so I also love Hannah's storytelling. I yes. love that the listeners, when they write these emails, that they're not afraid to just like go all in with the storytelling to create the love suspense. It. Love it's it. It's so cool. Very well written. Um, so we do have Hannah's permission, correct, to be able to yes. post these photos. Yep. So after this episode, when this goes live, yes. you can jump onto Insta and the website and all of that will be there. So you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. Thanks, Hannah. Thanks, Hannah. <laughs> so to the photos. To the photos. First of all, there is a photo of the house, and it is a creepy looking house. Especially the angle, even like yeah. she's even got that right. <laughs> yeah, it's like looking up to the yep. house, like yep. the house is like going to start like talking to you. Yeah, it's like leaning and, over you. Yeah, yeah, looming. Yeah. Yes. Uh, if it was taken at night time, yes. that would be the only thing that would make this even more <laughs> awesome. Can you see anything in that photo? Uh, well, it's funny that you say that because in the top right-hand window, uh, I do sense an energy and just underneath that in the bottom right-hand window of the front veranda, um, I do sense an energy that is two different energies, one in the top and one in the bottom. The one at the top is um, a more of a child but would be a late child, so 11 or 12-year-old, um, but not quite teen, and uh, it's a boy. And then down the bottom in the right-hand window, um, I can sense a man who um, is quite the um, quite the disciplinarian. Ooh. Yeah, his energy I feel is very intimidating and controlling, and uh, I don't like. His don't energy really at like all. Him. I don't. I don't like him. Are they related? Father I feel and son? like they're father and son. Yep. Um, that's all I get from that photo, apart from it's a cool photo of a spooky looking house. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that much from that photo. So it's there. And then the next two photos are the photos of the fire that she refers to, where it looks like she might have captured an apparition in the photos. Yep. Now, I actually did email Hannah after receiving these just to give her a bit of an insight into why I wanted to use these particular photos for example purpose. And here we have captured a perfect example of lens flare. Oh, 
Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we need Matt to also create a little bump on, debunked. Um, sorry to disappoint. Um, but yeah, the green light that you can see, that you'll see in the photos on Instagram, are uh, just lens flares that occur, um, especially in modern day cameras and phone cameras uh, from light. It's, it's just, super cool, though. It's very cool. And I wish I could say that it was a spirit, but at the same time, you really wouldn't want it to be that color. Oh, now she goes and throws something in like, oh, what's wrong with that colour? Why that colour? It's usually a, like a Polstergaardy colour. Oh, stop. Pulse. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just, it's not cool. Um, but it is safe. It is not an apparition or a poltergeist or anything. I think I just called it a Polstergeist. <laughs> I knew I'd said it wrong when I said it. <laughs> Um, no, it is called a poltergeist. Um, but yeah, it isn't one. There is nothing there apart from a beautiful fire and it looks like a very romantic fucking cold night. <laughs> Hopefully she was snuggling up and enjoying her romantic weekend. Um, the next photo next. is the photo that Hannah refers to of her standing in front of the house at the back, in the backyard. Yep. Now this photo is a bit of a strange one to look at because it's almost eerie to begin with because Hannah's face is blurred. Yes. It's like she's not real in it's the photo. It's in the twilight. Sort it of. is, but yep. the photo is also very poor quality in pixels. Yeah. So everything as you zoom in becomes very poor pixelated. Yeah, because of that low light. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a very difficult photo to look closer at. Oh, but okay. Um, my sense of it is that in this window which I will do a circle around so you yep. all know what this window is but basically looking at the house um above the deck chairs that are there there is a it looks like a door that kind of goes to nothing on the outside of the house as opposed to a window yeah it's a tall elongated white yep yep it is it's a door shaped window <laughs> door that yeah I feel maybe was a door originally especially because of the door the um I think it's called a silt. No idea. The frame at the top or the ledge up the top of it. Yeah, that yeah. that, that um, allows it to be an opening. So that's what you put above doors. Builder's wife talking here. But anyway, <laughs> that window there, I can sense that there is energy in that room too that, that is there in this at this experience. And I'm just wondering whether that is actually the back of the same window from the front. From the room. Yeah, I wonder if it's the same room. I don't think it would be. The front of the house in one photo, that's the back of the house in the backyard at the other. It's yeah. the same level. Yes, but I'm wondering whether it is in line with the front yeah. window to the back window. It could be in line. It could be. And if it's the same space, so Hannah, if you're able to confirm for us <laughs> whether it's the same space that goes, like if I was to look through the top window at the front of the right and look through it, would I be able to see that window from the front to the back? Um, if I could, then I would imagine that it would be the same energy that is up there, just going from the front to the back as opposed to a different energy. Yeah. Um, I feel like that energy, it doesn't feel very malicious. It feels more interested in the visitors and probably just a little bit kind of something to do and someone else to watch. And... You said that was the young boy, didn't yeah. you? Or yep. adolescent boy? Yep. Mm-hmm. So just someone to watch and... Curious. Yep, just curious. Watching the window. Yeah, just curious. Um, then um, 
Then the next photo is of the nope chair. The creepy <laughs> I would, room. I would assume. <laughs> the nope chair. Yeah, and you know what? That is a nope chair because I actually looked at the photos before I read the email, which I typically do. Mm-hmm. I typically will look at photos before I read the information just to see whether or not what I'm getting intuitively and instinctively and just straight away yeah. is in any way validated by what the client is saying. Makes sense. So that is definitely a nope chair and I wouldn't sit in that chair either. Good God, what can you see? Well, that is the disciplinarian man's chair. Oh. That's his chair. And I don't know whether it was his chair originally, but he has claimed that chair and that's where he is. That's He just Did the boyfriend it. sit on his lap when he sat on the chair <laughs> and then jumped up? Like that. Oh. It's like Beryl yes. with the doll. It's yep. like it's an object and so that's kind of like a, an anchor object. Yep. Okay. Um, but... I know why that's a nope chair because he probably would have felt extremely icky or, um, yeah, no, no, it just feels too uh, uncomfortable. And that would have been the energy of that man. It's a very uncomfortable energy. I don't like him. Um, I don't think he was, he definitely doesn't smell like alcohol or anything. I just feel like he was just, um, just cranky. I also feel like he was a widower. I feel like the boy's mum probably died before they did. Um, now the photo of the stairwell that mm-hmm. she's got, the that, creepy staircase yeah, adjacent to the nope chair, adjacent to the nope chair is a very fucking creepy staircase, especially when you've got this random chair at the bottom of the staircase, just sitting there. It's like you expect to look at this chair <laughs> and that there's someone sitting in there that you can't see. Yeah. Now what there is there though, is a, what I feel would probably be a residual energy. A separate one. A separate residual energy. This energy feels feminine to me. I do not believe that it would be the mother associated with this husband and this son, if this is them. Yep. Um, I feel like it is a residual energy of a female who would be much older, so more like a grandmother age compared to the dad and the son. Um, and I feel like she is... Um, she may have fallen down the stairs. She There might have been something that causes her to come back to that space to stay there. But I feel like it's just a residual energy and she's not entirely there. So it would be one of those things that this is where you would hear people walking up and down the staircase, but it's just a residual energy stuck in time and space. So the environment has to be just right for us to hear that sound again. So if we recreate the same date, same time of night, same moon, same temperature... Yep. then the likelihood of recreating that residual energy would be quite high. It's like that echo stuck, yeah. stuck yeah. loop. Yep. Okay. So they might not have heard footsteps going down the stairs because right. I'm pretty sure she would have mentioned that if she had of because that would have been really cool. But I bet knowing that she has said that this is one of the most haunted houses yeah. in town, um, that there would be people who have heard people go up and down that stair or stair um uh, Footsteps going up and down the stairs. And the creepy energy that she felt, was she just sensing that type of energy there? Yeah, I feel that that's probably um, the the weight of the residual stuck in the tunnel of the stairs. Gotcha. Like it can be quite heavy and dense because yep. it's got nowhere to move. Okay. It's repetitive. Plus, it also will hold on to everybody else's fear and nopeness. Oh. Like when you when the boyfriend would have gone, nope. Yep. then that would have made the male energy stronger. It Bec- gives it more they energy. They feed on fear. 
Ooh. I know. So that rule number creepy. one, when you go ghost hunting, do not be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> that counts me out, but I'm learning. <laughs> or take your psychic medium bestie. <laughs> and then you feel safe. Anyway, you go. <laughs> I didn't need any rituals because I had Tracy. <laughs> oh, wow. So thanks, Hannah. Yep. And well done on that. all her rituals too. Oh, my God. It's like made me so proud. I feel like a proud mum. It's just like, oh, that is like you've just – I just need to create a checklist and call it Hannah's Checklist, like just to name it after her. <laughs> she, could, she could teach this, couldn't she? She's done she it all. could. She's up on it and she's obviously a very good listener. And um, I, I'm i interested, though, whether or not she would have been more inclined to want to experience all the house had to offer if the boyfriend wasn't a little chicken. <laughs> Ooh, boyfriend's a little chicken. <laughs> no, I get it. I know it doesn't mean people are chicken. Sometimes they're not believers. Sometimes they he don't want to believe. It's yep. okay. But that's pretty cool. Sorry, Hannah. You're not a chicken. No. No. You're actually very sweet and romantic to do that. Yeah. Hint, hint, Matthew. (laughs) Matthews. Matthews. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening. Check out the photos. Yeah. And catch you next time. Bye.